Oh, I love Drax. Right. YouTube's cooperating. OBS is cooperating. Oh, that's right. It was the one where they're talking about Riker playing his trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we are. I see us in our, I was going to say bright, shining too. faces, but it's Wednesday. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm looking for today. Yes. Done. I ruined that. <laughs> ah. Thank you all for joining us. Good night. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 203, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. We read all Super Chats on the air so long as they won't permanently demonetize my channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some shout-outs on the early goings. Pick yourself up a pint glass over at craftcomputing.store and uh, drink like a pro. And last but not least, if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support us in what I do, consider joining the Patreon or Floatplane. Links are down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, the super secret chat during Talking Heads, and the even more super secret after party every night after Talking Heads. And that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. We uh, we even got a, a pre um, super chat. Yeah. Pre show, show super chat. Five dollars, uh, Aussie dollars from Kren. Serena. Kren. 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 I don't know why I said Serena. Uh, pre show super chat to save time later. Thank you so much, Kren. Good to see you. How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> oh, I got a tickle. Oh. <laughs> I could use a drink. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> parched. This parched. Uh, it's been two weeks since I've had a beer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, who's counting? Yeah. Yeah. What time are we thinking? Oh. Uh, how, how are you doing, Jeff? Oh, I am. You know, today was one of those like super productive days, but one of those days where I'm absolutely exhausted. My my office is an absolute disaster area right now. Like, I usually try to start talking heads with a clean desk, and, and it makes me feel a lot more comfortable. But when I've got, like, stuff, like, all around me, yeah. I get a little antsy and a little weird. And right now, it's like, I have my second monitor, but then I have, like, all of my tools from things that I've been doing the last two days. And I just haven't had time to clean them up yet. Not only that, but just before the show, I got rid of, like, three or four boxes and styrofoam and, and everything that was just piled up behind me. Um, it's been a good day. It's been a productive day, but I am ready for today to be over. <laughs> uh, you would you would hate what I'm sitting in front of, then, because <laughs> literally I'm going to put it on the Discord so everyone that is part of the Discord could see it. But I, where I am sitting, is exactly what Jeff's nightmares probably are. Right, bunch of boxes, stuffs cluttered everywhere, and it's all like girly decorative stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right you had to empty the shed since you're uh getting the she shed yeah. on a moving truck no 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 this is uh this is regular inventory she sheds full too oh 
this this is uh, <laughs> ramping up. So this is part of the fall season, uh-huh. and then Christmas it gets even worse. Yeah. So fall and your Christmas your trees are the- aren't up yet. TikTok. Well, because we're moving. <laughs> TikTok, Mrs. Hops. Come on. <laughs> oh, she already sat there like, oh, we got to get two more trees because one's going to go here, one's going to go here. <laughs> We've got, got so much more space area. for activities. Now. I, I know. That's 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 what it is. I'm just like, uh, I, I I know my new studio is going to somehow turn into her storage area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put a lock on the door. You know what? We can probably do some biometrics for you. <laughs> facial recognition yeah I, I think that'd be a lot of fun do, do an access <laughs> control system for the man cave <laughs> that would be fun you gotta do a breathalyzer all right how many ipas have you had? you can come in okay <laughs> there's not nearly <laughs> enough hops on your breath <laughs> yeah you're not you're not john uh, spice hmm that's a toss-up yeah <laughs> no there's a little hint of pickle in the back that's john <laughs> Uh, another super chat from Ryan, $10. Thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, so apparently Synology brand memory is obscenely expensive, like $100 for four gigs because I am, uh, because I am extra, extra petty. I added four gigs to my Proxmox Synology VM, uh, for literally no reason because screw you Synology. Um, I do things like that all the time because I am extremely petty and I'm also anti-anti-competitive and anti-anti-repair. Like I'm, completely against anti-repair um and uh I, I think i've told a story about a cisco power supply blowing up on us and me out of spite finding the original oem in china like and ordering one direct from the shop that they um that they got them from uh <clears throat> so it was a cisco 5512 uh it was an asa firewall combo unit um desktop hardware in a 1U server and uh, ATX power supply, but it's a 1U form factor and it's a proprietary cabling that they used uh, or proprietary uh, mounting points. Uh, So it wasn't an off-the-shelf power supply. Uh, I found the OEM who makes that power supply, who makes it for like three or four other chassis. And uh, Cisco first off quoted me $400 for the for the uh, the power supply and then said, oh, but you need an active contract for someone to come out and install it. And I said, no, 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 I just send me the power supply. I'll, I'll plug it in. No, 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 you have to have an active Cisco contract to buy Cisco parts and then only Cisco authorized repair personnel can install it for you. And I said, well, F that. And tracked down the power supply, make model everything, got an OEM new one in. I think I spent $22. There you go. <laughs> So yes, I'm extremely petty. <laughs> and and what's really funny is we had already replaced the hardware at that point because we were so frustrated with that box. Uh it's like, you know what? It's already dead. It's on live support because I've got it sitting open with an ATX power supply keeping it running anyway. Let's just get a different unit in here. And so we had already like kicked Cisco to the curb, but I was so petty, I went out and bought a power supply anyway. <laughs> uh Speaking of parched, yes. Let's uh, let's get this show started. John, what are you drinking tonight, my friend? I am going to be having a collaboration between Stone and Oregon's very own Deschutes Brewery. Let's be homies. A honey hazy IPA. Honey uh, hazy. Yes, a honey hazy. A 
Oregon, well, they say it's Blackberry, but we all know from Oregon it's Marion Berry. Yeah. Uh, so Oregon Marion Berry honey and California orange blossom honey. So it's they pollinated together. That's how they claim it. Nice. So we're, we're going to uh, start off tonight. I am going with Hunton and Smith uh, Brewing Company. And they are out of somewhere. I can't read the can because the lighting is really weird behind me. Uh, oh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, this is the Igneous IPA. Uh, our dry hopped India Pale Ale will blast you with a powerful flavor of citrus and pine. So it says that right on the front. And that's, You'll see. And that's coming <laughs> from Tennessee to someone in Oregon. So let's uh, let's see if those claims hold up, shall we? Yeah, that, those are um, tough claims. Yeah, I know a lot of times when anything on the East Coast or close to that side, big bold citrus hop yeah, forward. Yeah, big but you were the West Coast. This is the best West Coast IPA you'll ever have to drink. It like I have pale ales that are hoppier. Than I've this. I've made pale ales. Yeah. <laughs> uh seven point two percent. So oh, nice. it's bigger than mine. Oh no, mine's seven five. I thought mine was six nine. This is very sweet. Like kind of almost a little too sweet. Um they say citrus, I say lavender. It, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's very flowery. Yeah. Very, very flowery. They the east coast, the east side seems to do that a lot when they yeah. say citrusy. Citrus bomb or what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's more flowery. I get a lot more drying characteristics. I don't know if the hops are older. I don't know if it just the beer gets staler because it's probably been sitting for a long time and someone grabs it, then finally ships it over here. Don't know. Uh, there are a couple of shoutouts for uh, beers that are going on. Yes. Uh, let's see. There was. Alice is having a Sam Adams uh, 76. Nice. Sam Adams Sam 76. Um, let's see. Craig is having a Coke Zero. Uh, we got Joshua is having a Dogfish 90 Minute. Very good one. That's a fantastic 90 beer. 90 Minutes of good beer. LTD uh, Brewing. I, I got LTD Brewing Night Terror Rum Barrel Age Double Cook Double Chocolate Milk Stout. That's from William. Uh, John Jay is finishing up a Modest Brewing uh, Triple IPA uh, before Novella Hub and I crack open some Worldwide Stouts. Uh, yes, that is what I got. Novella Hub is opening up an oak-aged vanilla Worldwide Stout. That's Seven a good one. I've, I've had that one. John hasn't. I have not had that one. No, <laughs> I've had the regular Worldwide Stout. Yeah. I think I've had... Oaked age and regular, but I don't think I've had vanilla. Yeah, I've had the oaked, I've had the oaked vanilla, I've had the regular. They're all good. So. <laughs> and the ordinary dude, I am not having any more great pickled beer. Uh, Craig wants to know what's wrong with plain old beer. I think it's well, a good plain old beer. I'm assuming he means plain like old domestic? beer. I, I, like a well. I mean, lager, American Pilsner. I guess you're domestic. It depends. Yeah. With the domestic, well, there's lack of flavor <laughs> for one body quality. Um, honestly, if, I guess if you get into a kick, 
in a pinch, I guess it can do, sure. But it's like having a filet mignon steak all the time and you're, this is delicious. And then you go to the, you ever go to like a dollar store and get a steak? Um, you know, <laughs> this, let, let's, let's put it this way. Um, craft beer can go from freaking amazing to honestly worse than domestics if you get the wrong one. Sure, um, sure. Jury is still out on this one. Uh, but when you find a style of beer that you really like, that is big, bold, flavorful, um, expressive, playful, you know, whatever adjectives you want to throw onto it, uh, and whatever suits your taste, um, it's like eating at like a Brazilian steakhouse yeah. where it's a lot more money, but you, you pay $50 at the door and then the chefs walk around with skewers of meat and say, this is lamb. Do you want, you know, rare, medium, medium, well, well done. And you say, oh, I'll take a, I'll take a medium, please. And they huck you off a little bit of that skewer and then they walk around and then the next guy walks up and says, oh, this is, this is, uh, you know, T-bone and this is this and all the different cuts of meat from like every different animal. But then your family comes into town and you go to a Denny's yes. and, and you order the, the $5 steak and eggs breakfast. There's nothing wrong with it, but it is so yeah. on a different level. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm getting a T-bone with this steak right. and egg. I'm getting but... a six ounce porter or I'm getting a, yeah. Yeah. It's just not the same. It's, it's, yeah, they're both beef. They're both, you know, cow and, and, and the same technical cut, but it's just the quality is different. The way right. it was prepped is different, right. stored it was different. Uh, that term, you know, love was put into this. I've also had terrible prime rib. So, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> like, it still has to be done right, but there yeah. is so much more potential in it than going to Denny's. There you go. There you go. That's the difference. That's what's wrong with, um, could be wrong with normal beer. Yeah. Standard beer. Um, Andrew ooh. has a super chat. Oh, how did I miss that? Oh, yeah, I saw. Okay. I saw it and then it just like immediately left my brain. My bad, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> Andrew sends over $5. Thank you, sir. Uh, Hunanji, uh, F8D Dual 2011 V3 Hit Customs. Uh, drink is a Golden State Cider Mellow Green West Coast Apples with Champagne Yeast and Columbus Hops at 6.5%. That's a lot of words in a cider. I know. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, so I have... Mine Hunan? Mine might be a Jingsha. Um, I, I've also got a, an X99 dual socket Chinese motherboard waiting in the wings for a project. Um, as soon as I finish the project that I'm working on, like literally today. So that's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, you were saying something about your beer. Yes. Uh, our dry hopped IPA. Uh, will blast you with a powerful <laughs> flavor of citrus and pine. Hold on. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> uh, like I said, the primary, the pri primary, the primary flavor that I get out of this is 
like lavender. It's it's flower. It's very, very floral, which is not necessarily a terrible hop profile. But this is not grapefruit or mandarin orange or pineapple or citrus. There's no citrus in here at all. There's also no pine in here at all. <laughs> I have no idea Where they why they wrote that on the can. <laughs> when, like, if you would explain this as like a floral forward IPA, yeah, sure. You know, or uh, intense dry hopped IPA, like, yeah, it's very drying. It's very oily, very coating. Um, definitely more in the in the ilk of an, of a West Coast IPA than an East Coast IPA. But remember all those Kansas IPAs that I had? Yeah, there's something in the water um, yeah. where it's it's very earthy. It's it's a very clay dust <laughs> type <laughs> flavor to it. Um, so. If it's not citrusy, don't say citrusy. It should yeah, be as simple I, as that. I know people. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe over in Tennessee, the the lemons and limes or whatever just taste different. <laughs> well, I know they, they have a lot like dirt. further to go to get there. <laughs> but PC Tech Hustle dropping by ten dollars. Just dropping by to say hey. Uh, cheers, cheers. Thank you, man. Uh, Jeremy sends over $5. What are your thoughts on Lisa Sue joining Joe Biden's Council of Advisors for Science and Technology? Why would I be opposed to that or have any thoughts? Uh, is she qualified? You're God, right? She's qualified. Uh, yeah, no problem with it at all. Uh, not that you imply anything negative by that comment, but yeah, absolutely. She's qualified. She's certainly more qualified than I am. So <laughs> why not? Uh, Alice sends over $5. BMCs are made with tremendous technical skill, being the hardest type of beer to make, uh, but are designed to offend no one and thus lacked character. Um, Trust me, they are uh, offensive to craft beer drinkers. They can be. They can be. Um, yeah, no, they're... I'm not going to get into it right now. I I, I could <laughs> I could go on and on about domestic quality. I'm I'm not. I'm not going to do it. We're not going to be that show tonight. We're gonna we're gonna be a positive show tonight. Even uh, though, if you want to chat, you can always come chat with me either on the Discord or Twitter. Oh, hit us I up. I will have that discussion with you. Hit us up in the after party. I'll talk yeah. domestic beer. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk domestic beers. Come join us there. We we have a plethora of opinions and facts yes. to go behind it. Yes. Does cereal with oat milk count as a drink? Um, I guess so. Uh, I like overpouring my milk so I can drink uh, the the sugary, syrupy milk when it's done at the bottom. Or this will change your your this will blow your mind and change your life forever. Uh, so honey bunches of oats is like a go to for me. Coconut milk. That's what you were telling me. That oh god, I still yeah. have to try that. Uh, also, uh, uh, shredded wheat, frosted wheat is also fantastic with coconut milk. So we, we pretty much stopped buying cereal. Yeah. Uh, even even my son basically only likes the marshmallows. So I was like, yeah, we're just going to take that sugar aspect away, especially after we had to take him to the dentist. They're like, wow, 
this kid's got really sensitive teeth to sugar. So <laughs> like all cereal is gone out of our house. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Let's see. Let's go ahead and jump into today's news. Starting with, uh, remember how I was saying I was anti-anti-repair and, you know, anti-anti-competition and all the other fun adjectives that <laughs> I hate about, like, what Apple has become over the last 15 years and whatnot. Uh, iPhone 13 Face ID won't work if the screen is broken and repaired by non-Apple support. Um, I'm not sure why this is just popping up now because this has been an issue dating all the way back to the iPhone 6S. Yeah. Um, maybe even the iPhone 6 uh, with the introduction of uh, Apple's encryption chip because not only is your software and data encrypted on Apple devices, um, specifically Apple handhelds. Uh, not only is it encrypted on the device, but the hardware on the devices that deal with security also have a dual handshake authentication with the other hardware inside that device that can only be established by Apple certified repair which is 100% in-house Apple because they don't certify anyone else. Uh, so you need Apple's secret sauce, or in this case, their TLS key, to authenticate a new Face ID module with Apple's T2 or T3 or whatever their authentication chip is now. Yeah. Uh, this has been happening all the way since uh, since touch disease uh, on the iPhone 6 and people would go to replace their screens and all of a sudden touch ID wouldn't work because the touch ID sensor went with the screen and because you replaced the component, it no longer works. Now you can still unlock your phone and type in the password and so on and so forth. But that cool feature is gone. But that cool feature no longer works. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I was just curious if because of this, because we were talking about... Um, there's the right to repair lawsuit or, or you know, um, the president is, is putting that and, and fighting against that. Uh, there's the lawsuits that are going on. Um, oh, his name is escaping me. And I know you're going to know it. Uh, what's his YouTube channel? Uh, Lewis Rossman. Lewis Ross. Yeah, thank you. Uh, his work. And then also um, there was the recent news. Of, we talked about this, the iPhone uh, last time I was on. Basically, that they you have to get for the camera, you have to get the the higher end, higher uh, storage capacity one. Yeah, it just seems that Apple's being hit more and more and more, and people are becoming more aware of this. Like you said, it's been an issue for a long time, but I right. think not as many people really cared about it. But it's once you start stacking things up, now mm -hmm. everyone, more and more people, start being more aware of it. Yeah. And especially now with the latest one and app, uh, Apple being saying, check out our latest iPhone. And then everyone's already saying, yeah, if I try to do anything to it, uh, I have to go through you and you guys are expensive and prices are just getting worse. So, uh, you know, we knew it. Everyone else probably that watches this channel pretty much already knew it. But so it's just interesting to see how these articles now are popping up more and more and more. Yeah. Um, I mean, this article comes out every single time a new iPhone comes out, which is why I was yeah. like, why are we just talking about this? Like, this was a thing on the iPhone X uh, yeah. or iPhone 10 or whatever the... Apple likes to interchange X and 10. Like, 
just depending on which way the wind's blowing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this has been an issue with Apple's encryption chip since they introduced the encryption chip. And nothing has changed on that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Andrew gives a $5 super chat. Yep, uh, Andrew, $5. Thoughts on Linus investing in framework? Uh, tell you what, give me give me 20 seconds because I had another comment I wanted to respond to first and then we'll jump into yours. Oh, I didn't see those. Uh, no, someone had mentioned they're a FedEx driver and wanted to know my thoughts <laughs> right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you poked the beast. I did. Um, so I... Honestly, this is kind of a slow news week. There hasn't been a lot to talk about. I mean, there's a couple like fluff stories, a couple like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like this would normally be like a, a filler piece for us, but it ends up being now a top to... story. Yeah. Because there's nothing else on. Um, but uh, so I've been having and, I, and I've, I've recently just decided I'm just going to name and shame um, and no offense to the fine employees of FedEx. Um, I have a problem right now with FedEx as a whole. Uh, so know that I am not speaking to you, the individual drivers. I understand it's not your fault. It's practically never your fault. Uh, so be that as it is. Uh, that being said, <laughs> um, so I think at most recent count in the last 30 days, FedEx is one for 13 for delivering on time. And when I say on time, I mean, not even like I ordered two day and it's four days later, what the heck? I mean, when the tracking is entered into the system and FedEx has already taken receipt of the shipment and they give you the estimated delivery date, I'm talking that date, where this will show up Monday, September 20, you know, 22nd. Um, and then it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, you knew when you took receipt of that item, what your current logistics were looking like, what your freight was looking like, what your schedules were looking like, how backed up things were, and you're still over-promising and under-delivering. And if you would just be honest and say, you know what, we're still backed up, the shipment that shipped like last Monday isn't going to get to you for, for nine days. I'm okay with that because then I'm not scheduling my week and my work around items that I'm expecting to have on hand at a certain date. And so I've had to flex my schedule so many times in the last month because uh, it's like, oh, I have this part coming in on Thursday. So on Friday, I'm going to start testing that. And on Saturday, I can do that shoot. Well, then the part doesn't show up on Thursday. It doesn't show up till Monday, which means I now have to pivot to content that I wasn't prepped and ready to do yet. And it puts actually kind of a huge burden on my production schedule um, because I'm not one who has like 10 videos bankrolled. I, I do videos literally in the order that I do them. And I usually work on one, maybe two video projects at a time. Uh, but when I go deep into a video, I, I spend two days straight working, scripting, troubleshooting, etc., on a video and then film it and then we edit it and post it. And that's just how my workflow works. And so... And it's super annoying to just stop in the middle and be like, I need that part. Right. And yeah. 
and I live in Oregon. I can't get crap locally. There is yeah. nothing. This is a tech graveyard where I live. Um, there are no shops that carry anything of merit. Um, fries eight years ago, maybe I could get some of the parts that I need for like server stuff. Uh, but that was eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the most recent issue with FedEx is, and I, Andrew, I'm coming back. Don't worry. Uh, the most recent issue with FedEx was I ordered an HBA for my cloud gaming server to run all 12 of my, uh, my SSDs on. So I ordered a 16 port HBA that should be able to do full bandwidth on all the drives all the time, uh, which I didn't have one of those on hand to begin with. Uh, so ordered the part and it said it'll be here Wednesday the 22nd. Cool. I'll schedule my testing for Thursday for getting the new RAID set up and maybe setting it up in L2 Arc and, and things. So I'm prepping leading up to that day and then Wednesday comes and goes and I don't even get a notification that it's going to be late. In fact, on Thursday, it still said estimated delivery date of Wednesday. They hadn't even updated that much yet. Uh, Thursday, like midday, it goes, oh, don't worry. It's out. It's uh, we'll get it. We'll have it delivered out. later today. Didn't out say out for delivery. delivery. It still said oh, Troutdale. Yeah. Um, it, it said, no, 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 we'll get it to you later today. And I'm like, doubt. <laughs> <laughs> because it hadn't left Troutdale and it had been sitting in Troutdale for three, three days already in, on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, fast forward, every every 12 hours, it has another scan between 8 and 8.15 a.m. and p.m., both in transit, Troutdale, Oregon. In transit, Troutdale, Oregon. In transit, Troutdale, Oregon. Okay, so either someone is coming by and meticulously scanning my package every 12 hours or it's not being scanned and it's lost to the system. Uh, I'm guessing the latter. Finally, uh, Tuesday evening, Tuesday night, notably after I put FedEx on blast on, on Twitter because I've been so frustrated with them, um, <laughs> suddenly my package goes, hey, out for deliver, uh, uh, expected delivery Wednesday the 29th, which from Thursday until Tuesday, it just said pending and would update, yeah, I'm still on Troutdale. Uh, went to pending on, uh, or went to delivery on Wednesday, Tuesday night. So, cool. So maybe I can do that tomorrow. Uh, 12.06 today, 12.06 PM, I get a notification from FedEx because I've been waiting for this package and I have text notifications on. Your package has been delivered. Not only delivered, it was signed for and left at the reception counter of your PO box provider. Sweet. So I go run a couple errands. I wasn't quite ready to leave my house and run errands, but I went, I got a package waiting for me. I've been needing that. So I'm going to go pick that up and, and come back. Um, I swing by and I, I open my box and there's no slip in the box saying I have a package. And I'm like, well, maybe they forgot. And so I walk up to the counter and I said, hey, this uh, showed up about an hour ago. Do you guys have it? And they said, FedEx hasn't been here yet. And I went, <laughs> what? And they went, yeah, FedEx hasn't, we haven't received a FedEx shipment yet today. And this was like an hour later. And I said, well, why does FedEx say that it was signed by you and left with the receptionist? They went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. We weren't even open yet <laughs> an hour ago. They were open, but... <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I know what you're saying. Right, like, but 
I know the owner quite well, and she knows me quite well. She knows my name. She knows the packages that I receive. And uh, she's like, yeah, no, FedEx has not been here. And I went, well. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, FedEx's response is, uh, well, maybe they delivered it to like a neighboring business. Have you checked with them? And I went, what? Why? Yeah, it's a PO box. It, it's a PO box, and and by the way, if you're if you're referring to the name of my PO box company, then yes, I checked with them. I spoke with like three of the employees there who were looking for my package that was not there and certainly was not signed for. So why does my delivery notification says signed and delivered and dropped off? That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So I am. Uh, I'm very frustrated with FedEx right now. Yeah. Oh, a lot of that stuff happens to, uh, I wouldn't say me, but my wife too, because a lot of her stuff is shipped in inventory and very similar to you. It's, mm-hmm. okay, I need this. I'm going to be doing a video or shoot with these items. I need them now. Or I promised someone these items would be shipped out to them in a week, mm-hmm. you know, and FedEx didn't deliver a lot of, again too troutdale troutdale yep. but then all sometimes she'll even get in with the troutdale then to seattle then back to troutdale and it's like wait why Here's did you do that in the time my package spent in troutdale i could have ridden my bike there and back twice oh yeah <laughs> well and uh it was actually i think it was recently i think it was last week it, an item was in lake oswego and i was like oh great you know what i'll go pick it up yeah because my office is like Five minutes from there. I'll just drive over them to the, no, you can't do that. Like, why not? You just can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? <laughs> yep. And so at least, at least I kind of, I, I do like the Amazon of like, hey, here's a picture that we delivered it. Right. Great. I do enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and if you get the right delivery guy who cares and kind of hides it and everything yeah. like that. So yeah. that's nice. But yeah, uh, FedEx, not so much. I do know my brother actually used to work for FedEx uh, up in Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way they do their deliveries is there's no actual FedEx employees is when they outsource little local shipping companies yeah. and give them FedEx tr- or contract them yeah. and give them FedEx trucks. Yeah, that's that is actually very typical, especially in uh, holiday time um, that that happens. So. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and pivot back to some tech-related news. Andrew, with the $5 question, thoughts on Linus investing in framework? Um, I I think I said this on Twitter, if not on, on YouTube. I don't remember where I commented on it. But I said, if I was in the same position, I would have done the exact same thing. Um, I don't have a quarter million in scratch laying around. I mean, shocking, right? Uh <laughs> It goes to beer, duh. Right. You know, there, there's other things I'd rather spend my money on. No. Um, but uh, these are my liquid assets. No. Uh, Framework <laughs> is a company that has, we'll just say, identical core ideals. Um, it's repairability. It's consumers first. It's uh, it's anti anti competition. Anti anti repair. Um, you should be able to own your own hardware. And there's, and not only that, there is no reason in the world why a fully repairable laptop can't look like a MacBook Pro. And that's pretty much the first laptop that Framework delivered. 
was they went, it's the same thickness. It's the same screen resolution. It's the same physical dimensions. Actually, it has a little bit of a taper reminiscent of a MacBook Air, but it has a full fat Core i7 uh, and they're working on getting AMD. You can add your own memory. You can add your own socketed uh, NVMe drive. The battery's replaceable and it's like six screws to get into. Meanwhile, you've got proprietary pentalobe screwdrivers holding a MacBook Pro closed. You've got glued-in batteries, and you've got everything else soldered to the board, which means if your SSD dies or a RAM module kicks the bucket, guess what? You have a $1,500 brick now. And yeah. that's just not acceptable. I mean, I've said this quite a few times. My, my M1 MacBook Pro is, hands down, the best laptop I've ever owned. But... It's in spite of not being repairable. And there's no reason it shouldn't be repairable. There's no reason me with the skills that I have with a screwdriver should not be able to open my laptop. Well, it's the exact same thing like you've always talked about, we've always talked about. If I'm a mechanic and I own a car, I should be able to work on that car. I made a dual GPU heatsink today. <laughs> Oh, oh, and by the way, there's a custom piece coming for the middle, too. Um, but I, I made custom aluminum brackets for the underside of this. This isn't zip-tied. Uh, so there is no reason in the world I can't work on my own laptop. And I don't even care if I'm not that skilled. There's should be nothing stopping me from grabbing a screwdriver and opening up my own equipment. Well, that's how you a lot of times a lot of people learn that way of just tinkering with you know, devices and you pick up an older device and you tinker with it. I mean, that's, uh, you know, from now, if you get a brand new laptop, like the framework ones in 10 years from now, you know, like your, your kids or my kids or Steve's kids or Rhett's kids, yeah. if we had one of these and, 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 you know, obviously 10, 15 years from now, they're teenagers now. And they're like, ah, you, you want something to tinker with here, tinker with this. They could, they can, they can learn the ins and outs very easily. Boy, th um, thanks for that kicking the nuts dose of reality that my daughter is going to be a teenager in four years. <clears throat> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm okay. I'm okay. You, <laughs> you thought you were spending a lot on beer now. Just wait till she does that and she's like, Dad, I want these cool clothes. I want <laughs> I want all of this cool stuff now. Yeah. And then the worst part is, hey, that boy's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to be like, yeah, computers are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, your dad's pretty cool. I wish I could drink beer and build computers for a living. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you, can you give me a job? No. Why? Uh, speaking of craft beers that, you know, it would be unfair of me to say this was a bad one. It would be perfectly fair to say this is not the beer they advertised on the can. Um, yeah. And, and you know, especially me and Steve, uh, we will judge almost exclusively based on what did the brewer say this beer should taste like? I, I, got, I got Steve to break that rule. Oh, did you? So, so the that's, next video that's that, pretty rare. The next video that comes out, because uh, we did we did all of those weird weird ones. I saw the grape pickle. 
beer. Yeah. yeah. So we do we do a couple more. Um, the next one that comes out, um, uh, he's like, this is the the truest. If someone was going to say this is the style and the description, this I can't think of a better thing. You know, uh, taste of a beer. Yeah. But I don't like. It. <laughs> And I'm not going to rate it high. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Behind the scenes, I was arguing with him. I was like, what are you talking about? That's the whole thing you and Jeff talk about all the time. <laughs> it's like, is it true but, to its flavor? And you have to give it props. No, no, no. Here's the thing. If it's not true to its flavor, it automatically gets marked down. If what the can says is not the beer that I drank, this is a dry hopped IPA that will blast you with a powerful flavor of citrus <laughs> and pine. There was no citrus. There was no pine. It was a half decent IPA, but you're starting at a three two five and working your way down. If the beer is 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 worse than that, not oh, it's still a good beer. I'm still going to rate it a four point oh. Yeah, because that's not what this says. Yeah, well, I mean, but he didn't, he, if, he if, didn't even no, no, break no. the. Pl- but hold on, okay. hold on. Even if this is accurate, if this is citrus and pine, but it tastes like dog. Sh- yeah. Then I'm still rating it low. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's it's well, just there's a handicap inherent to my rating system. No, we both agreed it was a good beer, and it 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 um it, it tasted exactly like the description, and we were just like, but it's just wow, you know, it's intense. Yeah, and uh, but so then he didn't even break the plane of three on it, and that that's where I got him on it. I was like, you can't say that. It, it's got to be at least like a three two five three five then, because we gave this nothing but compliments but just saying i can't take it that was the only downside to it it's like i would i don't like the i don't like this particular personal flavor but it is exactly like it states it's going to taste uh uh john jay says strawberry time he wants me to crack my strawberry ale from uh from trinity uh which by the way was like a 12.5 strawberry ale (laughs) Like, holy crap. Um, I don't think I can tonight, uh, unfortunately. I mean, mine would eventually been a 12.5. Yeah. Uh, because I have another beer here that I've been really wanting to try for a while. I've had it for a couple of months. Um, so, John, I'm going to put this up to you. Do I go with the 6.4% IPA, which I've already okay. kind of been let down by a 6 or 7% IPA, or do I go with the Imperial Stout with maple, coffee, and coconut? Ooh. Well, how big how big an ounce count we, we talked about the twelve the, or the the maple? Uh, the maple, it's a pint. Yeah. it's a full pint, nine percent. So it's not a, it's not a real heavy imperial. No, but uh, it, it, yeah, and yeah, go ahead. I'd go with that one because by the time we're done, you'll have a nice nice one, and then you could probably get through it and maybe not have a drink, and then save the last one for the after party. John says, but it's a Belgian, (laughs) which by the way, I am totally conflicted right now because in the one hand, I kind of want to share that Belgian beer with you that I had the other day. Did you watch that video? I did. I saw it. Yeah. You were talking about the esters and everything. Oh my God. Great. That is. You said it was one of the best Belgians you've ever had. No, I said it is the best. Not one of. It is the best Belgian beer I've ever had. I'm putting it above uh, Amare Secret. Uh, Really? Yeah, I'm putting it. I'm putting uh, it above Belgian Underground. 
Wow. I'm putting okay. it above Benedictine. Both. Mm. Uh, like, this is the Belgian to have. So on one hand, I kind of want to share that with you because <laughs> I think you would really, really appreciate this. In the other hand, I know I would really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you again. already had one. <laughs> I know, I know. So I have it in my fridge. If I see you before I open it, <laughs> we can open it together. <laughs> All right, we can do that. There we go. There you go. Um, like a flip of a coin. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to crack open my second beer, which is Great Notion Brewing up here in Portland, mm. Oregon. Stacks of Coconut. Ooh, I, that, I have not had that one. I didn't think you had. Um, nope, I have not had that one. I've, yeah. I've had uh, double stack, single stack. Yep. Um, I think there's even a triple. Yeah, this is based off the, uh, oh my God, that tastes like maple syrup. They do a really, I oh mean, that, the, the double stack is. A I've had the double stack before, but stack. It, still, it still catches you off guard. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's pretty intense. It is a, if you want to know Hold what on, I, I pancakes taste like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the darkest but, beer in the world. There's some, well, light, I mean, there's some light but, poking through the stream, at least. Yeah, but there's like absolutely almost no head. There's no head. No head at all. Which, and, but it is carbonated. It is very carbonated. Yes, I would, I would probably equate the head, the lack of head, though, to maybe the adjuncts that's probably in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know for, I, okay, I don't know for a fact, but I have a very, very good inclination. That's like, that's not natural brewer's flavor that they, you know, there's a grain no. that tastes like maple. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, no, it, it's either aged with maple syrup or, or they're doing something funky with something else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And there, so there's no you, maple malt. Yes, exactly. And, and usually when you do that, that you can tell by the lack of head and that there's something else there stopping that from happening or dissipates very, very fast. Hey, John? There's a, there's a smile on his face. John? Darby Coconut. <sighs> there's uh, like more than Pirate Stout? Yes. Uh, maple oh. and coconut does sound delicious. Oh, that is a, that is such a good blend. <sighs> And it and it keeps shifting one way and the other. It keeps going like maple syrup, you know, coconut, maple syrup, coconut. Yeah. Ooh, coffee roast, maple syrup, coconut. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps moving. Oh, that is. Those are three very distinctly different flavors. And yet they all exist at the same time at the same place. And I love them all. <laughs> yeah, I got to get my hands on that one. I'm going to. Keep an eye out for that one. Oh, that is just. Oh, that is so good. Although, did you see uh, what I got today? That fire stone I picked up today? I did. The. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, the Kentucky Mule. Yeah, the yeah. Kentucky Mule. So I got that today. Yep. Uh, did you ever. I, got, I, I, I gave you the other. The, the mezcals and um, yes yeah i got the mezcal and was it a parabola was it what was the other one no it was two cocktail based ones okay I forget. um better not have been uh, the manhattan no it was not the manhattan <laughs> although again uh, i forgot who was here they said they had it and it was very good i don't yeah 
I don't know. No, like like I, I said, that, that was. But we were batting fifty percent on that one. I don't know yeah. what the heck was was up with that one. I bottle, am but... I am so upset too. I was going to get my hands on a collection of Firestone Walker. Uh, basically, it was almost like five hundred dollars worth of Firestone Walker. The guy was going to sell for oh, two hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, he backed out. Oh, like the day of, it was just like, oh, I sold it to a friend of mine instead, and he like lives next door to me. I was like, you. You, you, we made a deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I obviously wasn't going to pay him up in the front, but like we already made an appointment where to meet. Yep. And everything was like, and then you had stuff to complete certain uh, bridges that I needed to have uh, for anniversary beers and older beers. We had four, uh, four or five parabolas. So mm -hmm. there's extra ones in there of old, like, like 2015. Yeah. 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 Uh, there was four of them, yeah, the, so it's like, the, oh, the, you could... The 14 is where I fell in love with Parabola. Yeah, so like... you could have them <laughs> and still have three extra right. to be like, oh. Yeah. I was very livid that day. <laughs> yeah. Understandably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Skull is waiting for you to open your next beer if you are so inclined. I, I'm still drinking. Okay. So well, we can wait. I, I figured later. I will. Uh, I'm well, pretty uh, used to drinking my my pint an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, in that case, we might as well jump into the sponsor spot. Because yeah. today's video is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources, time, or hardware, power, cooling, and even space requirements, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials I have on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. Linode also has a litany of one-click installs for common applications. They make it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services, with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 GPUs for graphic rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit when starting a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Well, I couldn't wait. So I just finished it. I was like, ah, this is the perfect time to chug a beer. Yeah, there you go. And I don't have to talk here. <laughs> basically. And it gave me time to switch up what I was going to have. Mm. Um, I'm still going to have an IPA. Okay. I, I, uh, I saw that can. I saw a flash so, of it in the corner of the camera. Yeah. I know um, what it is. <laughs> I, I, I've never actually had this brewery before. Excuse me. Uh, uh, Abomination Brewing out of North Haven, Connecticut. It is... Forbidden Pumpkin, a Imperial Milkshake style IPA with pumpkin. So. John, it's still September. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get him out, Jeff. Turn back, man. Turn back. <laughs> oh, God, it looks like pumpkin. Right, give, it, <laughs> give it some head. 
I don't smell any pumpkin. But yes, it kind of has. It, it's that color orange. It's that. Yes, it is. Deep, it does. Yeah. Even even the head kind of has a tint of orange, even more so than you know, like a big yeah double triple IPA. Yeah. Oh, that's actually not bad. <laughs> I wouldn't call it an IPA. It's very sweet because of the milkshake style, but think of it, it's actually more like a vanilla milkshake with pumpkin spice. It's actually not bad. It's kind of surprising, actually. It really is. Yeah. So, uh, brewed with pumpkin spices, vanilla, and milk sugar. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. So, my wife would probably actually like. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm happy with this. I'll go with that. <laughs> right. What else we got? <clears throat> what else we got? Uh, we have some leaks of some Intel Alder Lake performance. This is uh, their all-new 12th series uh, core CPUs. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so this is according to Tech Radar that uh, the i9-12900 has appeared in some benchmarks or what they posit will be yeah. the 12900. Um, so uh, it's the non-K model, which has a TDP of 65 watts compared to the i9-12900K's 125 watts. Uh, scored a 114% overall. Uh, and that is in user benchmark. Uh, so single score thread uh, or single threaded score of 214 and a 2510 for multi-threaded. Uh, yeah, so apparently it beats a 5900X. Uh, 5900X scoring a 160 and a 2349 respectively. Uh, but we've kind of heard that before. Didn't we hear yeah. that with 11th gen? And then it was kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And this article claims it was even put on like, you know, cheaper lower end stuff with a lower end display. Um, I, I don't know. And then, and then like, oh, there's a, a so-called picture that might be released. Here's what it looks like. And it's just some Chinese Twitter account, you know? Yeah. Um, don't know. Again, Hello, Newsweek. So we're, we're, yep. We already pretty much knew what the LGA seventeen hundred socket was going to look like. It's just now we got to look at the slightly oblong chip and the back of the chip. Um, so there's that. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was running on an uh, ASUS ROG Maximus Z six ninety Extreme motherboard with a single module of DDR five memory plugged in. Uh, so who knows if dual core will make a difference or not with this particular test, usually for user benchmark and, uh, even things like Cinebench single versus multi-threaded doesn't make a huge difference. Um, not as big as, as Reddit would leave you to believe. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, remember, uh, AMD is still coming out with Zen 4, likely also to be DDR5. Uh, bound uh, sometime in 2022. So maybe it'll be a good time to build a new 
computer if we can ever get graphics cards again. Uh, or maybe, maybe it's just yeah. time to upgrade your CPU and motherboard. And spend that cash. Me remember as like gamers when we used to TikTok, you know, like Intel used to TikTok. And so you would like buy <laughs> a motherboard and, and CPU and then like two years later, you'd buy a graphics card. And then two years later, you'd buy another board, motherboard and CPU because it made sense to upgrade your CPU. Remember when that was a, a thing? Right. Uh, <laughs> when you said TikTok, I-, I Back in my day. Everywhere. You're like, yeah, no. I don't remember Intel being on no, TikTok. No, Intel's TikTok. TikTok <laughs> okay. uh, release schedule where they did <laughs> die shrink and then enhancement and then die shrink and then enhancement. It was their TikTok I, I, release schedule. All I just pictured was all the Intel developers like doing like twerk dancing short videos and stuff like that. <laughs> like. That's uh, that'd be a weird TikTok, Jeff. I didn't know you had that account. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> uh, David would like to know if we like coffee beer. I am drinking one right now. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh it's god, the, it's it's like a quintessential uh, Scout flavor. Yes. Um, uh, when I have a morning Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> employed or otherwise <laughs> yes this, this is a, a cold brew coffee i swear mm -hmm. it's just very thick it's a caramel macchiato that's what the head is from <laughs> yes exactly oh, i whipped it up myself and actually a lot of times you can even get coffee flavors without having coffee in that's it. that's right you can get that so. from the roastiness or a barrel age or uh yep. yeah even certain malts will uh will deliver that for you so mm -hmm. good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. I love coffee. I love stouts. I love coffee stouts. Good morning. It's 6 a.m. somewhere in Africa. You know, I know I've had uh, some South African people tune in occasionally. I don't know that I've ever had someone just say somewhere in Africa. So <laughs> that is cool. That's another pin on my map. Uh. Although, where are you going to stick that pin? Just like, uh, Africa. <laughs> I'll, at this point, I'll just throw a dart and see where it lands, because... <laughs> yeah, like the one viewer in North Korea, just like... <laughs> <laughs> I got North Korea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, Glorious Leader loves my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the only one with the internet. <laughs> Probably true. Uh, some Raspberry Pi news. We've got some Raspberry Pi news this week. Uh, I do like my Raspberry Pis. Yes, I have. And I like the company, too. I have a good number of them. Uh, Evan Upton, you know, the, the good Evan Upton, not the Elon Musk. <laughs> like, <laughs> similar names, but, you know. Uh, no, Evan Upton, uh, founder of the Raspberry Pi Foundation. Um, Raspberry Pi Foundation has received a lump sum of $45 million in grants to continue developing low-cost, high-availability hardware. Uh, this is fantastic. Uh, this is fantastic news for people who have been a fan of this style hardware. I love the Raspberry Pis. Uh, I have bought literally every single model since they've came out. Um, and, and not just like one or two, but like multiples of, uh, so yeah, this is awesome news that they can continue developing. They can continue basically working as a nonprofit, uh, where they no longer have, you know, 
they don't have to reach out for development funds anymore. They go, yeah, we got $45 million in development funds, so we can actually start steamrolling this thing instead of relying on on sales, although sales have carried them thus far. Uh, oh, yeah, so. I mean, it's an awesome price point. I mean, even the latest ones have been awesome price points. Yeah. Um, especially with, the, you know, the arms race and everything like that. And it's... <laughs> Arm race. Uh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> but, um, no, the the latest ones, the, the fours were just phenomenal. I remember when yeah. one came out, I was like, eh, it's cool, it's a little... little Little pocket computer the size of a credit something card. better than our than an Arduino, but falls well short of a PC. Like, like I well, get when it. When two get came it. out, when two came two out, two was that, amazing. That was an amazing game changer. Yeah. Um, of just the power within the size of something that's a deck of cards. Yeah. And and you could you stack a couple of these up. You have a server. Uh, you can take one of them. You have this gaming rig that used to take you a whole old PC to build. You know, you could have the retro gaming stuff. Um, three, yeah. <clears throat> what, what, it was all a, right. You, we got Bluetooth. Right. We got Wi-Fi integrated. Yeah. Um, a little bit of step up in performance, but not huge. The Pi 4 not is huge. freaking incredible, though. The Pi um, 4 is, is, yeah, going from to a smartphone, essentially. Right. It, yeah. It's it's an amazing, amazing uh, jump and accomplishment. And um, I there were, even if you get the, the, the big boy one, um, that thing's awesome. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it I've, I've got a, I've got basically two of each. I've got a, I don't have any one gig Pi fours, but I've got two twos, two fours, and two eights. Um, mm. In fact, one of my eight gigabyte units is running Octoprint for my Prusa Mark Three S. Oh yeah, right. We, I, I even pushed to to switch a lot of our low end desktops to be all Pi, all mm -hmm. Raspberry Pis, just because we only needed web browsing capability and it was like look these things are a hundred bucks a piece uh you're not going to lose anything and it just needs to open up four or five internet tabs at a time that is it we just need a you get this and a monitor fifty dollar monitor that you know the cheapest monitor you need hundred fifty dollars yeah. versus these five hundred dollar pre-built pcs that we're constantly having to buy because mm -hmm. either they they don't have the proper performance or, or network capability or we have for my particular company, there's this turnaround and we're, we're a lot of stuff we do is laptop based. Yeah. And salesmen, they're like, you know what? I worked here for three months. Oh, I, I feel like I've been cheated badly. And they go and just take it. And they don't want to invest in the security version for these laptops. So we're just <laughs> buying the cheap end one. Right. And so the, they, the uh, employee just got a free laptop, you know? So to where it's a pie, it's like, okay, look, you lost a hundred and fifty, you lost a hundred dollars. They don't even probably even, know what a pie is so they're probably not even going to steal it right so almost got to it uh didn't happen but the nice part was our company uh boss decided like all right everyone gets everyone in the it department gets a rather red pie to, to develop on them <laughs> yeah no uh i every time a new pie comes out I, I i grab one i still have a pie 400 that i've i bought just for the cloud gaming server as a as a thin client um yeah. that's still in box because i haven't had anything to do with it yet um but i just got a new cnc machine i just got a 3018 saint smart uh, uh cnc machine i'm gonna build myself another octoprint and control that from there because Unlike the 3D printer, the CNC's got to go in the garage because, holy crap, have you heard of 10,000 RPM spindle cutting aluminum? I have. 
that was my life for like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, but I, I'm super happy that they're going to be able to continue developing stuff. And, and, you know, the microchip uh, technology base is just growing faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And uh, the big leap that they were able to do with Raspberry Pi 4 just shows that they're probably going to be able to do something very similar the next couple of models. I'm hoping anyways, or some, some nice bigger leaps, better graphics, um, memory and storage is just shrinking in size and capacity and power is going down this is all great stuff for the micro pc area and if you love like jeff we were earlier saying tinkering around with cool little individual projects these boards are just gold nuggets essentially yeah uh, of fun i mean and then i had i made probably about five six hundred dollars on stupid stuff just buying a bunch of these and selling them as retro pies to people in my office being like, I want a Christmas gift. Like, yeah. uh, okay. Hey, look, it's a hundred bucks for this, for the whole setup. He didn't include bucks. any ROMs. I'm just, but I just yeah, want to clearify. Yeah. It's like, it was, no, no, it was here, hardware and retro pie install. Here, 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 can... Yeah. Here's this here. Here's an SD. Uh, and here's a controller. Yep. You know, it, it costs you this much. I'll put some, I'll put the base OS on. You, you ever tried these? Cause these are amazing. The eight bit dough controllers. Yeah. They're a little, they were, because most of the time, most of these people are like, what's the cheapest? Right. And yeah, so no, want... these are $40 a piece, but. Exactly, yeah. Wireless, uh, Bluetooth, you can play modern games or old oh, games. Oh, yeah. like. Yeah, most of the time. This is one of my go-tos. A wired, uh, you know, PlayStation 3 style. Yeah. Uh, that are like 20 bucks, you know. And most of the time it's, hey, I just want to show my kids yeah. uh, stuff. You know, or I want to send it to my brother. He loves this type of stuff. Yeah. And so, but I make 50 bucks, you know, I charge him 50 bucks to put it all together. And I think I, I, I did like five or seven of them last year. Yeah. And, um, and then I, I, I think even the year before they did three or four and they were like, Whoa, the, the four is coming out. And they wanted something more powerful. Like, well, technically, you could stream H, you know, 4K videos on this one and it could be a computer for you if you wanted to, too. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, love the, love the four, love the Raspberry Pi company in general. Even the micro stuff is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't put on the notes, I completely forgot about, but this whole talk of the Raspberry Pi and, and potential upgrades and things like that reminded me. Um, so, uh, I have a Retroid Pocket 2, uh, graciously sent over from, uh, Mr. Andrew over in chat. Uh, I still play it. And in fact, my kids love playing it as well. Um, they get their, their daily dose of retro on that thing. Um, but, uh, there's an upgrade coming out for the Retroid Pocket 2. Now the Retroid Pocket, uh, 2 is not necessarily the most powerful retro machine in the world. It's pretty well designed as far as ergonomics go. It's got an analog stick on, on your left and a D-pad lower down. It's got a very nice 4x3 screen in the center, 640x480 resolution. You've got ABXY buttons, and then you have the much maligned slider analog stick, which isn't really analog. It's like a digital slider that absolutely sucks. Um, but it's got dual trigger buttons, not analog, all digital, but but the ergonomics are all good. And and it plays very well up into PlayStation, even some PSP games. Fall short of Nintendo 64 and 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 further on. Uh, 
Well, there is an upgrade coming to that console that you can buy for about $50 to $60, which is a PCB replacement from Retroid themselves. Uh, it is called the Retro or Retro Retroid Pocket. There we go. Retroid Pocket 2.5. It is a PCB replacement. So you open the back of your model, you unplug the ribbon cables, you pull the PCB out, you put a new PCB in, you put it all back together. Um, apparently, according to Taki over on YouTube, uh, which, by the way, if you like these types of consoles and, and handheld game systems, go subscribe to Taki. Um, he does a lot of fantastic breakdowns, testing both emulation and Android gameplay. Um, but uh, he claims to have done testing with 130 GameCube games, fully loaded, uh, running at 30 frames per second. So uh, GameCube in the palm of your hand. Okay, that's that is like sick. you want to play Wind Waker. That is sick on a on a little four four or five inch console. Like, yeah, yeah, that's I an up. Do. Yeah, oh, I'm a day one <laughs> investor in that. That's um, cool. Uh, so yeah, the board will be between fifty and sixty dollars. There's also going Nothing. to be a second analog stick upgrade, so that maligned uh, slider is going to be replaceable with an analog joystick. They're also looking at adding a touch screen for maybe ten or fifteen bucks. Um, and so you you need a little bit more skill because you have to separate the screen from the the front housing, uh, but you can upgrade your Retroid Pocket 2 to a Retroid Pocket 2.5 and freaking play GameCube games. Like, that's all that's I've ever amazing. wanted in my life. No, that would be awesome. I mean... I want Wind it, Waker in my pocket. Yeah, no, I mean, even as awesome as the Pi 4, you know... Shut up, Wii U. I know you exist. I know you have an HD remaster. That was the only good game you ever put out. Talking about bowling was amazing. <laughs> I said Wii U. Oh, Wii U. Wii yes. U. Sure, Wii U. you can you can also play Breath of the Wild on Wii U. Yes. So there's that. Like, yeah, technically it was released. I for the wonder. Wii U. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if you could play Wii U games and you could play Breath of the Wild on this thing. But yeah, theoretically. Uh... I mean, for okay, so yeah, I mean, heck, I would throw a hundred bucks at this thing just for the yeah. I'll try it. I'll, I'll try it for a hundred bucks. I, yeah, no, uh, the original one I guess cost ninety bucks. Um, and basically, when this is all done, the new one's gonna cost like ninety or a hundred dollars if you just want to like buy one. But um, but here's the deal: me as an existing owner, you can also just buy the PCB for like 60 bucks and upgrade the one that you have. And then you can also add the analog stick and the touch screen if you want to. So yeah, you're end up going to pay essentially the same money to upgrade. But as part of the PCB upgrade, they're including an acrylic housing so you can take your old PCB, put it into a box and use it as a retro console on your on your TV. Oh, nice. Like, like it's like, yeah, you can reuse this. It's totally cool. Uh, and it's still a great little like retro gamer. Um, yeah, no. I Okay, that's why I love these these little things. I I for one of my my uh, I went and I started a project and I never finished it. But I always wanted to build. You remember those giant? You probably saw it on like Pinterest or something. 
a giant um, uh, uh, NES controller as mm-hmm. a coffee table. Mm-hmm. So I started building one of those and then Did never you? finished it. Yeah, and never finished it. But uh, I always wanted to do that where it's essentially you need two players. If no one's ever seen it, it's a, it looks like it's just a big coffee table and it's a NES controller. You, you know, John, um, I've, I've always wanted to play NES with you, but like the keyboard and big. <laughs> yeah well dance <laughs> but that, but again if it's not for what are you guys playing small... dance sense revolution no 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 track and field no, nes no, oh that would be fun uh always <laughs> yeah. oh, like four people uh, know what we're talking about right now <laughs> um, yeah, is that the one with me. rob <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah. But without these without these micro PCs, none of this would happen. And right. honest, honestly, RetroPie, there's a lot of non-other brands out there. Like, I also have an Asus, I feel like a switchboard or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, it's just, it's not as compatible. It doesn't yeah. do as good. Um, Raspberry Pi is just a beast. And I'm, I'm so happy with all, the, all of this stuff. I mean, anything new they come out with they always look at it and i'm always like i want to buy it because pricing is so good um even if i can only do like one or two things with it it's just such a cool thing for the size and pocketability so i will i will definitely you know christmas time like i'll throw 100 bucks at i'll throw 150 bucks at something like that if it can get me ds games or or gamecube games in my pocket yeah, no, uh, uh, it should be out by the end of the year. So, yeah. so I'm very excited. Uh, like I said, all I've ever wanted is portable GameCube. Like, like you, you put those two words together. I, I had a GameCube with the add-on Intex screen that flipped up. So I had I had the Indigo GameCube with the matching color LCD screen oh, that yeah. you could play no, no, with the five inch that. cons. Yeah, no, like portable GameCube has like been a lifelong. Sorry, not lifelong because GameCube came out well into my high school high school career. High school, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, it it's been something i've always wanted like something about a lot of those games uh your uh time splitters 2 wind waker uh even goldeneye had a fantastic uh two disc set uh for the the goldeneye rogue agent uh there was that game there was uh 13 the the french comic book one was was also on gamecube that's a fantastic game never watched that never never Uh, had that one oh you gotta you gotta play that I, yeah. I I got to get you that one. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember I bought a GameCube. I was uh, I was a Nintendo guy. All my friends were jumped and went to PlayStation. I was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Well, you guys have it, so I'm gonna go get a play, uh, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I, I I had the N64. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna make the jump to Nintendo. And yeah, honestly, I was so disappointed. Although, you know what? Actually, uh, uh, GameCube came out with uh, Metro Prime. I really like Metro, Metro Prime. Metro Prime was great. Yeah, I really like those. So, um. uh, not Star Fox sixty four, but the Star Fox for GameCube. I don't know if you played that one. 
I don't think I did. It was it was pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, a couple of more super battles. chats rolling in. Uh, Novella Hub sends over $5 and said, second vote for Craft Computing to drink the Trinity Brewhouse Strawberry Belgian Strong Ale at 12.5%. It is fantastic. You know, I know it's fantastic. I know it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I have to keep a certain level of sobriety on Wednesdays because my wife is eight months pregnant. So, you never know. Right. So, like, I, I'm having the stout and I'm I'm eyeing the second IPA that I have on my table kind of sideways going, I can't open you right now. Like, I kind of planned on it, but here I am going, eh. Like, it might be water as of 930 because... That's a really good stout. Well, that's what I was saying. You can, that was, you could nurse something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I ain't nursing this one. <laughs> um, we got a little bit more raspberry pine. Here. Uh, we do. Hold on. A couple more super chats. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, John, I John J, 20 bucks. Thank you, John. Uh, not only for the 20 bucks, but for the constant stream of beer you send. Uh, did I just do that? Oh, yes, I did. Cool. Cool. <laughs> uh, and then Tripic sent over both. Uh, re I said something that triggered Tripic earlier. So we sent over two Kiwi dollars to make me aware of it. Although we've since lost the plot on what I said. Uh, Tripic says, I was five when the GameCube came out. Feel old yet? Ooh, yes. Very old. Tripic, we established this. Was it last week or the week before? Yes. I'm older than you. <laughs> I understand uh, this. I don't need reminders. <laughs> is it? Isn't it? I constantly forget my own age. I do. Uh, <laughs> there are really only a couple people in the tech tuber space who are older than me. Shocker, I know. Uh, and that's Wendell and Jay. Not by much. Like, like. <laughs> Hard cap. <laughs> GameCube is a new gen console, right? Like it just came out like four years ago, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, pretty sure it did. It was revolutionary. And I remember buying it brand new. So, yeah. I mean, it had 4K capability. Yeah, pretty, pretty sure it had 4K capability. <laughs> <laughs> John, it didn't even have HDMI. No, it had RCA. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it with component cables. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. no, I I went out and bought component cables for mine. No, I I never. Uh, I was at least 480p. No, I only went and bought uh, component cables for my Wii. Yeah, that was, that was the one I was like, okay, yep. okay. Well, at the time too, I had um, <laughs> only one of those projector TVs in my bedroom. Yeah, so like I. Um, I, I it was a say one of those uh, Samsung or no Mitsubishi projector TVs. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a lower. It was like a, a forty eight inch projector TV. It was kind of weird. Yeah, uh, I had a Toshiba four by three projection TV for a while. It was fifty three inch. Um, great TV, not really. Like like for the time. For the time and well, big screen TV. Remember yeah. when big screen TV was a thing? 
God, was a thing I, that we said, not just yeah. like the size of it, but if it was bigger than a CRT, it was a big screen TV starting at 42 inch. Remember those I, days, John? I remember those days, and I remember, uh, yeah, they're they're bigger. Than remember the one person you knew who had a TV that was bigger than 32 inch, and it's like, where did you get your tax return? Yeah, God, I remember that. It mm-hmm. was. I remember that. I'm, yeah, I think, well, I had, so at first I had a 36 CRT TV uh, as my TV. It was, it oh. was, I still I still have it. Dude, oh, you, it's broken, but I still oh. have it. Uh, it. It is at my barn, and it's still there on the entertainment center I made. Um, it's broken. <laughs> it won't turn on for some reason, but yeah. that thing is so heavy. And then I upgraded to hey, a hey, John. You don't you don't know heavy until you've lifted a forty eight inch CRT. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. Uh, but John, I, so my first, I've lifted a four. I've lifted a couple of them. I I, yeah, I, I like got. To, I'd like I like to see either of us do that now. Four hundred and fifty pounds. I'm not I even bet. kidding. I'm not. I I agree with. I've like done. CRTs are an exponential thing. Uh, so it's like 27, like I could deadlift one of those 32, maybe on a good day. If yesterday wasn't leg day and my back is feeling pretty good. 36. No, that's team lift territory. 48, (laughs) bring a forklift. Oh yeah. God. So I think I got a. Meanwhile, I mounted my 75 inch TV in my living room by myself. Oh yeah. Those things weigh like 20 pounds. Like 40, uh, but, but I yeah, still yeah. hung it on the bracket and wall mounted it by myself. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I had my, my first big screen TV. Still had one of those screens mm-hmm. with the built-in lines in it. Mm-hmm. And it was the oak, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the yellow uh, oak. No, it was the wood oak. grain cabinet. Yeah, the wood grain uh, cabinet. Yeah, with the, the retro reflective screen. Yes, exactly. And, and so it would take all the lines that are facing all this way and they would shoot them straight ahead. Yeah. Because so it's were, like, if yeah. you were to the side of it, you're like, wait, what is that? So you had to be sitting straight. If you're six degrees off angle, you, <laughs> this screen is for the people who sit on the main couch. Yep. And so that was my uh, first big screen TV. I, I always angled it in my bed. And then um, my brother Mike got drunk one night and like cracked the screen and I was like, ah, oh, crap, it, it's, it's ruined even for straight. So, and then I found, uh, it was a Mitsubishi, like a 50 inch one too. Yeah. And that was my game and I got the GameCube and everything there. And it was like, I'm so proud of it. it was like this thing's awesome. And yeah, I was still in high school. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I didn't know any other high schooler with a big screen TV in nope. their bedroom, nope. you know? Like this is awesome, John. Do you want to know the TV I had in my bedroom in high school? Mm. Uh, I had a 13 inch Emerson VCR uh combo. 13 inch, I, 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 yeah, I've had that. I want so when Steve, Steve will talk about his Amiga days, right? It's where I played pretty much all of my GameCube, was was on that, on that oh. TV. So when Steve switched from an Amiga to a PC in the early 90s, mm-hmm. he still had the CRT uh, RCA monitor Yeah, from his Amiga. And then I took that and an old VCR I got I bought from Goodwill 
and I drilled a hole through uh, my bedroom, my bedroom wall, through into his bedroom wall, put a splitter on his table uh, that my parents put in his room, but not my room because I was, you know, like 10. Yeah. And, and split it and put it into the VCR and was able to hook it into his old Amiga monitor. Oh, I, I'll, I'll one up you there. Okay. Okay. Oh, you you want to hear like, uh, like youth gone gone rogue tech wise kind of thing? So my parents were okay with me having a computer in my room, but not necessarily having a TV in my room because TV is of the devil and it will suck your mind out. But with the computer, yeah. you're learning. It's a it's interactive. It's educational. It's whatever sure. else. <laughs> yeah. And you're sitting there playing Doom. <laughs> Wolfenstein. But yes. Wolfenstein. But yeah. Um. So. Cast your mind back uh, to 1996, uh, 1997 maybe. My my parents had a, they had just bought their first Pentium 2, which was an IBM Aptiva 300 megahertz. And they gave me their old IBM Aptiva, which was a Pentium 166 with MMX. Okay. 15-inch um, CRT. And... Uh, and and that's it. And so 15-inch monitor, Aptiva, Windows 98, first edition, not second edition, because screw me, right? Um, <laughs> so my dad at one point had gone and purchased this parallel card thing called a Snappy. Uh, now a Snappy was a parallel port interface so DB25 plugs into the back of your computer on a printer port um, that had a composite input. And what it was for was taking still shots from home video. Yeah. And so if you if you recorded home video on a, on a camcorder, like you had an, an RCA or a Sony camcorder back then, you could plug the composite output from that into the parallel port and you could view it at like, 12 frames per second. Yeah. Um, and you could take still shots from your home movies. That's what it was for. Um, me being the pre-Mythbusters use parts and materials and for ways in which they were never intended, went to Goodwill, bought a VC... Uh, oh, and, oh, and I couldn't have a TV in my room, but I could have a computer, but no internet. But I could also have the phone line connected so I could also like play StarCraft and things like that with my friends. So I would like dial in and remember when we used to have to call our friends peer to peer oh. to Oh yes. To, to play StarCraft and Warcraft, yeah. like Warcraft dial up. Yeah. No, I, oh, I did God. that. Um, yeah. Age of Empire. So so I couldn't have a, a a TV in my room, but I had his old snappy and I had a video camera and whatnot. I was like, yeah, no, I want to like do like video editing and, and whatnot. Like that'd be cool. And so he gave me the snappy and the install discs and everything else because he wasn't using it because who the heck wants to take still photos from a home video camera? Um, so I went down to Goodwill and I bought an old VCR, like the smallest one that I could find in my Goodwill, which was basically just barely wider than a VHS cassette. Um, <laughs> but it had a cable tuner built into it. And there was a cable jack in my room, which I like ran under the carpet and then snaked up and then hid the VCR behind my desk. And then from the VCR, I had RCA uh, for for audio outputs going up to my my speakers. 
And <laughs> and so I watched TV at, in like 1997 at 12 frames per second over oh, parallel. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is bad. That is bad. And when my dad hears this, he he's going to go, of course he did. <laughs> yeah because i asked him for weeks to please install the drivers for snappy and he and he didn't and i finally just got them myself and installed it but he didn't know that i also went to goodwill by myself and bought myself a vcr <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the things we'll do to just watch tv Right? All I wanted to do was like watch DS9 in my room. That's all I, I wanted. <laughs> I know half the time I I think I just used mine. Uh it well, surprisingly I always love sleeping in. But then Saturday it was just Saturday morning cartoons. I was like, oh I'm I'm 12. I just want to watch Saturday morning right, cartoons. Right. Actually, it, was, it was like X-Men and Dragon Ball Z was on. Uh uh WB 32 or something like yes Mexican Dragon Ball Z <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> I was like all right I got it and then and then I would go Dragon uh, Ball Z Deportes <laughs> yes uh do you remember you wait when, when did you move to uh to basically around here uh 2003 okay you... uh so so pre-2003 I lived in Springfield, Eugene area. And yeah. 2003, I moved up to this area. Okay, okay. So then I think we're out what the story. But then where your your uh, wife worked for a long time, yes. I'd constantly go there. Yeah. And actually, there's a whole story there, too. I had one of like the highest bills ever. <laughs> yes, you place. did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all because I forgot a, a VHS and like didn't go back there for like three years. And the, the system, just kept rolling with it yeah uh, and, and and then i think my brother went in one day uh one of my brothers and was like hey i want to rent a movie and they're like oh you're part of that family you're gonna have to now pay his account because it's too high yeah uh no uh so john is referring to a video rental place that was an independent video rental had only two locations one in one city and one in another um and uh the the one location that John is referring to also had two other video rental places like within eyesight. There was a yeah. Hollywood video and there was a Blockbuster video across the street. Um, and uh, most people use the the homegrown, you know, two two chain uh, video I rental place. That place. It's you know, great. support the local guys, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I I know the owner; he's a great guy. Um, but. Uh, when I was in college, I went and I rented a bunch of games from Hollywood Video, mainly. Um, and then I heard they were like maybe going out of business. And so I rented like 10 GameCube games from them at a time. And they're like, do you really, are you really gonna go through like 10 games in, in three days? And I went, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'd, I'd be more concerned with your own bottom line. And so I rented the <laughs> games and, uh, and then they announced that they were closing all locations like effective immediately. And so I just kept them. Uh, and then I was watching Blockbuster stock and I did the same thing with Blockbuster across the street. I'm like, I'm going to time this for when they file chapter 11. And then I'm just like, not going to turn the games in. So I, like, I got like 50 free games between the two. <laughs> uh, 
I should have done that. that would have I, w- I was in college when both of them went went belly up, so that was a lot of fun. And and great when all you have is a GameCube and an Xbox, and your yeah. your PC is a single core Celeron. Yeah. Uh, speaking of up, a little bit of upgrades to upgrading things. Yes. Um, we were talking about Raspberry Pis earlier, as and because Raspberry Pis are awesome for nostalgia stuff too. So they do many many other things too. But the Raspberry Pi 4 is getting a little bit of an upgrade. Yes. Uh, so the Raspberry Pi 4 was introduced, gosh, I want to say three years ago at this point. I like it's, so, yeah. it's been a little while. Two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah two and a half, three years. Um, and it is basically the upper echelon of silicon as far as ARM processing goes. Quad core, base clock of 1.5, can easily overclock to about 2 gigahertz. Um but a great little system on chip. However, there's a more recent Broadcom chip that has been uh, being circulated with the Raspberry Pi 400, which is the all-in-one keyboard, computer, plug in a mouse and a monitor and you're good to go kind of thing. Um, That one has actually a different system on chip than the Raspberry Pi 4, even though they share the same architecture. Sorry, Hiccup Jeff is coming. It was a good stout. Um, oh, they, they they share essentially the same architecture, but the Raspberry Pi 400 does have a different CPU SOC on board than the Raspberry Pi 4. That is until today. The Raspberry Pi 4 8 gigabyte model has gotten a little bit of a sneaky update in that it is now sharing the CPU with the Pi 400. Now, while they still share the same base frequency of 1.5 gigahertz, the overclock limit is actually significantly higher. So before, if you got two gigahertz on a Pi 4, you were doing pretty good for yourself. Uh, 2.3 is actually pretty achievable on a Pi 400, especially now on a Pi 4, if you were to add some kind of an active cooling solution to it, or even just a large passive cooling solution to it. Um... So if you've been kind of like on the fence about whether or not to get a Pi 400 or a Pi 4 or something like that, honestly, a brand new Pi 4 8 gigabyte, you're you're looking pretty good if you're wanting like a desktop replacement or streaming PC, a la like my game stream server, cloud gaming server, like Pi 400, freaking amazing game client. Yeah. No, that those, again, what we're talking about, these things are just little gold nuggets. It's and they're just getting better. Yeah. Um Jones come on. Um <clears throat> yeah, if you can overclock, because yeah, I think the uh for 1.8 overclocking was considered like okay, this is pretty much where you want to keep it. Much at. standard two gigahertz yeah. if you had a cooling solution, a really good cooling system, right. you know. And and you're gonna hear that fan too go spinning. Actually, no, I have uh, I have one of the the uh, dual heat pipe. It looks like oh, yeah. a, a cooler master 212. Oh, well, uh, I was talking about just like passive heat. Yeah, uh, just yeah, uh, yeah. If you have you know, some cooling solution, two so, gigahertz so is pretty a, a cheap. That, that cheap aluminum heat sink and then a fan above in your case, you're gonna hear that fan spin, um, type of thing. If you overclock it to two, even one point eight, you're still probably gonna hear it quite well. But if 
with this, if you're, you know, able to overclock it to, you know, 2.2, 2.4 even, um, yeah, like Jeff was saying, you basically have a nice little easy laptop replacement. That, that's a or- that's a four core, four thread ARM processor that will run Windows 11, Ubuntu Mate, or yeah. or Raspberry OS, and be a pretty competent daily driver PC as far as like daily web browsing, YouTube viewing, etc. These are going to be fantastic, especially with the ARM um, allowance for Windows 11 right. uh, of stuff like this to bring in more computer-friendly micro-PC stuff to home. Um, it, it's smart technology, and like Jeff was saying for his lights and audio, stuff like this is going to help him or other people integrate it into their homes and do really, really cool things. It's I, I'm gonna. It's just going to be fun. It's just if you are even somewhat of a tech nerd these things are so much fun and a 2.2 gigahertz processor four thread um it's just going to be blow mind-blowing for the price that you're getting it um yeah there's a little work it's not just plug and play you can buy the plug and play version like the keyboard version um that um we were talking about that's currently out now the i forget i forget Five four hundred, thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're paying. I think those are what one ninety nine. No, no, it's like ninety bucks. Is it ninety? bucks? Like it's totally that, reasonable. Isn't that because that's what the keyboard and then you just plug your stuff into it, right? Right. Yeah. So um, you're. I mean, really, right there, you're talking. You have your keyboard. You got to go buy a mouse. It's a cheap mouse. You can go buy one for. Um. 10 bucks, yeah, bucks. like starter kits with power supplies and HDMI cables and other things will run you about one fifty. As far as the keyboard itself, it's about a hundred bucks, between ninety and a hundred. And so, your how many kids, mother-in-laws, mothers, grandparents, whatever, are always like. I just want to view, see pictures of my grandkids. I want to get onto Facebook. I want to get onto Facebook. And not get ads and or viruses, which yeah. good freaking luck. Uh, I need to check my <laughs> yeah. email and I, I get onto my church church message board. Church message. And I need to order something on Amazon. Right. That's it. You know, that's all they do. They don't need anything more than an iPad, an Android, like a, a Galaxy 9 tablet or yeah. a Red. Uh, an Android or a uh, uh, Raspberry Pi 400. Exactly. And you you give them this and they're going to like the fact that it's nice and compact and you can, you can I don't know. It's just, to me, I love the idea. The possibilities are just like awesome. I've even always wanted to, because I've talked to you about this for a long time, even just been like, I want to take a Raspberry Pi and make a digital tap display list yeah. for my kegerator. Yeah. Uh, and a Raspberry Pi is perfect for that. You know, I hollow out my refrigerator door and I put an LCD screen inside of it and then I put some weights on my keg and it'll measure the, the depth or the weight of it. You know, I say, here's the starting weight and then I this is what a liquid weighs, you know, an ounce. And you go from there. It's Raspberry Pis are fantastic for stuff like that. If you look at any of the half of the um, Kickstarter stuff, that's tech. It's probably Raspberry Pi based. So, but um, and then speaking of kind of funny news, little Kickstarter or interesting things. Um, if you are 
And we were also talking about uh, video games in your pocket. Yeah. You know what? Why your pocket? Why not your keychain, Jeff? Let's just do it on your keychain. <laughs> you know, we called them Tamagotchis back in my day. <laughs> there were Tamagotchis. There were... Um... By the way, I predate the Pokemon craze. <laughs> Yo, yeah. No, I remember that. Because because first there was the, the virtual pet, and then it was Tamagotchi. That's what I was the virtual pet. Then it was Tamagotchi kind of took the world by storm. And then later on, it was like, oh, you can get Pokemon in your pocket now, like on your keychain. Like, oh, that's cool. Um, Yeah, no. Uh, So there's a new Raspberry Pi micro project that powers <laughs> a Game Boy that plays Tetris. <laughs> that's That's for... Ants. And bees, apparently. And bees. Yeah. It's a game. Is the Game Boy for ants? It needs to be is this? at least three times bigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah. It's got uh, a, it's uh, got a battery and a USB C port and a and a screen that's like this big. And that's <laughs> it. But the buttons do work and it does yeah, play it, Tetris. Yeah. It it's uh Two megabits of storage, so it has enough to uh, add additional games. Which, by the uh, way, is 256 kilobytes, if you uh, need that translated. <laughs> the uh, resolution is... Uh, 72, 72 by 40. <laughs> one pixel oh. equals one block in Tetris. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. Shipping starts early uh, 2022. <laughs> yeah, no, this uh, is actually going to be a shipping product. That's the best part of this. I know. I saw that. I was like, okay, we got nothing up. This is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you never know. But again, innovation, stupid stuff. Honestly, if this was 19 bucks. That's what we're all about here at Craft Computer. Yeah, if this was 19 bucks, I would probably buy it. I would buy it. I, I, I can't I can't say I wouldn't because I love Tetris and I love weird, obscure Text. product like this. Yeah. Like I totally uh, do. Yeah, yeah, I would I would totally have this. And I'm gonna find that one time I forgot my cell phone and I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, I got my keys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple more super chats to look back at. First up, the net guy. Which, by the way, check out his YouTube channel. He's uh, cranking he's out some pretty great stuff lately. Uh, $20.21. I'm assuming to correspond with the year. But he says, congrats, Mr. and Mrs. Kraft, on the upcoming capacity upgrade. Um, I think that's more of a RAM sync than a capacity upgrade. But I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, still collecting change from the couch cushions for the pickle beer challenge. Uh you don't need to do that. Super chat. What's it up to now? Uh, the super chat is up to $113, but my price is significantly higher for a pickle beer. <laughs> John, didn't, didn't I sneak one in for you? I, I, I have one in my possession. That's yeah, about all I can say. <laughs> I did. I did give your dog the beer too. Did you see that? Yes, I did see the dog beer. I, I, I do appreciate that one thanks, much thanks. more than the pickle beer. <laughs> uh, John Jay wants to reminisce about being old. He says, I hear you. I had a Voodoo 3500 to get uh, TV to my room. 
Oh, um, I remember those. Yeah, no, I, I had that. Uh, somewhere also in high school, I had an MX440 with a composite output. And so I actually put a gaming PC on our family TV as well. So I had a, a gaming PC on our 27-inch, I believe it CRT. was a Toshiba. Of course it was a CRT, John. There was <laughs> nothing funny. else. <laughs> Could have been a big screen a projector. Not in my family. <laughs> we had a 27-inch. Uh, or no, I think it was a 32-inch Yeah, for the longest time. But it had that fake wood paneling that... Oh yeah. Paneling oh yeah on the side oh it was it was it was sexy yeah i think you know what's funny is my nephew brought this up he he sent me a meme for a gift not a gift but a gift of my words uh, john you're the, old enough to know better uh yes that's how i said it correctly <laughs> uh the michael jordan versus the blazers playoff game where michael jordan you know kind of does the eh, yeah and i i texted back like i'm old enough to remember that game yeah to have I watched it yeah i watched that game i even remember what i had for dinner we had pizza that day my family was all for the blazers and i was the only one for the bulls <laughs> although you know granted i was like you know five or six right yeah, yeah it, it was early it was early but i do have memories of that game yeah Andrew oh, sends over another five dollars. Babylon Five reboot development on the CW. Ooh, I am. Um, here's what I can say: is the Star Trek knockoff being on the knockoff broadcast station? Like there couldn't be a better match ever. Uh, <laughs> so Babylon, because I posted this on our Discord, so you would know this if you yes. were on our Discord. So join the Discord because it's awesome. We talk about this stuff. There's a lot of other stuff. We don't really talk about on this show uh, that is talked about in the Discord. There's entertainment, there's pop culture, there's the beer food reviews, there's the, all the big tech stuff, there's tech trade. Car stuff is talked about. Photo uh, camera work is talked about. Seller cartography is talked about. Everything you probably want to talk about is in that Discord. And it's really only just a dollar a month. More is always appreciated, but a dollar a month gets you access to probably... I will guarantee you at least top three discords you will probably ever join in your life. Um, that's how great it is there. But I will give Babylon 5, I thought, had the best graphics at the time for a, and makeup for a sci-fi show. Ooh. Makeup, I thought, was, was above DS9. I have a hard time arguing that. I really do. Um, I mean, you have the the staple characters in Quark and Rom and Nog and Odo and yeah. later on Worf. Like, it is hard. It is hard to argue that. But at the same time, Babylon 5 had so many different characters. Oh, yeah. Like, they had more than, like, two special guests playing a Vulcan. Uh, yeah. or or more than Jeffrey Combs as a Vorta. Like, like yes, DS9... Has a lot of background wait, wait, wait. characters. No, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Okay. I think DS9, overall, for their, their primary characters, had better makeup. But, Ooh. but, 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 but. So if you're looking at, like, 
the the prominent characters. If you're looking okay. at Worf, if you're looking at at Odo, if you're looking at Quark, if you're looking at at, at Wayun, if you're looking at uh, Damar, Goldukat, I think the level of makeup was better overall, but there was a lower diversity of good makeup on DS9 than there was on Babylon 5. Because Babylon 5, every character you came into contact with had some form of makeup, alteration, abnormality, yeah. alien feature. And it, it, and it was more yeah. than just pointy ears or nose yes, ridge. Exactly. Like, it was like... There's a lot of Bajorans on DS9, but I can do that with, like, hot glue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. You know, um, there's a lot of ball caps, wigs, makeup, big, you know... Yeah. they even had i forget what that that one um alien race the, the frilly dude yeah the, well there's the frilly dude but there was the one that had the organic skin chips um he almost looked like a robot but oh he yeah wasn't. yeah um there's a lot of those guys and i think now oda was really the only you know graphic artist you know 3d rendering in ds9 oda was only 3d rendered during the shape-shifting yeah, exactly. And to where, though, in Babylon 5, they had a whole species, and then eventually they got one of their main ships to be all organic, and those uh, all were Voyager 3D eight, rendered. Voyager Species 8472 was fully 4, 3D but, rendered. Yes, but but Babylon 5 was still before Voyager. Yes, you're correct. And so uh, I'm, I'm not talking Voyager because Voyager... Well, also, that was UPN. Oh, my gosh. That was earlier. Speaking of knockoff networks. Yeah. God. Um, <laughs> um, they just threw. But and then also to the their ship was there or space station. Babylon 5 itself was a 3D model. Stay tuned for what... Star Trek Voyager after Moesha. <laughs> Who remembers yeah, that shit? I do remember Moesha. <laughs> I uh, didn't watch it, but I do remember it. Um, but even the space station itself was 3D rendered versus DS9, which was a model. Yes. So I think there was, but then if you look at the interior, oh my gosh, the sets were so dated. Yes. So dated. Yeah. Oh, horrible. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, I think the overall win for makeup department goes to Babylon 5 because of the sheer numbers of, of alien races that they had in every single episode that weren't just pointy-eared or ridge-nosed. Yeah. With, with, you know, a Bajoran earring on it and call it a day. Um, I, I will say, as far as, like, expertise makeup, I will say as, like, you know, dressing up Gul Dukat for one-third of the episodes, as well as Weyoun and and all the other, like, I think overall DS9 had more talent but not the same oh, yeah. throughput. Like, is everyone following me there? Like, yeah, I, oh, I yeah. respect both beyond all measure. Like, it's something I could never dream of doing. But, uh, but yeah, that's my that's my feeling. Is I I feel the top level was higher on DS Nine, but it also went lower than Babylon 5's bell curve. If that's fair. Oh yeah. Uh, Harley sends over $5. All the fun I missed being an adult. Yeah, you youngins. <laughs> Novella Hub, $5. Uh, did you ever drink the Bent Paddle Barrel Age Double Shot or, uh, Double Shot Double Black Bomber I sent you? Um, 
I think I did, and I think it's been a little while because I don't have a lot of bombers left. Uh, I I drank a lot of them over the, the, the spring. Um, yeah, I would need to check, but I don't think I have that one anymore. It may be on the bottom shelf in my fridge. It may be right there. And again, these names will never be heard in their domestic beer. Right. <laughs> double barrel aids, double anything, right. you'll never hear that. Uh, Tripic, send over five Kiwi bucks. Thank you, Tripic. Uh, Deep Space Nine reboot when? You know, I've been waiting 20 years on a movie. Like, I'll take a movie. I don't even want a full well, reboot. The, yeah. I mean, you know, I would, you know, they easily could do a reboot as Worf. Worf. Captain Worf has been pitched. Captain Worf as being the head of DS9. Yeah. That yeah, would I, be a, I, now I could watch that. Yeah. After the Dominion War, I could totally see Cisco being promoted to Admiral despite his, you know. Well, he's gone. He's gone. Right. He's yeah. Oh, that, that, no, that's true. Yeah. No, he's I, I, I forgot. So, so He's a the Bajoran, Bajoran. So what we could do, we could even go into a whole because Worf became uh, the um, representative. Uh, he was the Kronos, ambassador to Kronos. Ambassador of Kronos. We could even go into like kind of between Picard and and Voyager, and being like the uh, uh, Bajorans are backing out of the Federation, and so they have to send Worf to renegotiate or, or something along that line. Right. Um, or, you know, uh, Bajor signed a treaty with Romulus and yeah. you, you're like, uh, although Romulus doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, true. Sorry. Uh, I, 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 well, I, it, it all depends on the timeline. All depends on the timeline you go with. That's right. Are we in true they, Kelvin? Yeah. Are we pre Q? Are we post Q? Are we, yeah. what are we so, doing here? Because, so, because season two, Picard is wiping that all or, off the map. Or, ooh, 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 ooh. Even better, even better. It is post this, it is post uh, the blow up, and a lot of the Romulans have moved to Bajor. And they ooh. need a stronger military presence. Ooh. So they recruit Warp. As as chief of DS9, chief of DS9. To, to keep watch over Bajor. So Bajor and is no longer be, part of the Federation. They have broken away and they're now part of the Romulan Empire as like a, a greater Romulan homeworld. Yes. Oh. See, there's an idea. Oh. And then two years from now, that's Star Trek pitched. outskirts. Yes. And and you know, two years from now, that's gonna be on Paramount Plus. We're like we're flipping came up with that idea on episode 203 of Talking Heads. We have proof of this. We know one of you guys were watching. So if any Paramount executives are, are watching the show, like call me. I've got lots of ideas. Oh yeah, we got lots of ideas. Especially after fully fleshed out, out stories. Dinner. Yeah. You know, Good unlike God. Enterprise and Discovery. Telling you, you gotta watch at least past season, past season two. Past season two of uh, Enterprise good passing to enterprise is good uh last season or last couple episodes are horrible season three of discovery is the only good one i don't i'll i'll give john but john but john how good (sighs) season three i'm gonna say this season three of discovery is better than season one of voyager Okay. Uh, let's just say that like the lowest rated 
ever season of Star Trek was like a 6.8, except for Discovery, which was like a a 4.5 and a 5.2. Could you be hearing me the whole entire time? Yeah. My mic was like all the way over. No, you've been fine, at least in my ear. Okay. My mic has been like... It just fell down again. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know that you're on that mic because you're not... No, that's not the mic you're picking up on. You're on your overheads. Well, whatever. You're totally hey. on your overheads because. Uh, whatever. Yeah, like, if you're not hearing that. Yeah, that's no, weird. there was nothing. Okay, well, whatever. Um, all right. Weird. Because I, I tested it beforehand and I was trying to make sure it was this mic. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, anyway, so the 6.8. Yeah. Is that what season three scored? Was a six eight? No, no, no. I wouldn't give it that. Season three, it's seven two, seven three. Like uh, you, you do kind of have to understand. Like, watch the last episode of season two to understand what's going on. Yeah. Of of you know uh, discovery. To understand kind of what's going on, but then after that, they basically just throw away the story of season one and season two. So yeah. they start fresh, which is great because, like, that's what you want. You want them to start fresh, and they travel so far into the future that now it's a brand new story, and you have essentially these people, these Federation people that are around the time of you know Christopher Pike, early Kirk, the original Spock. And um, so, and they're blasted to the future, uh, like 200 years past season of Picard. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Star Trek TV shows ranked by the tomato meter on Uh, RottenTomatoes.com. This is is, is season. These are shows, though, not. These are are overarching shows. These are the entire shows, not season by season. Star Trek Enterprise, lowest rated at 55%. Okay. Uh, do you want to guess number two? Obviously, Voyager. No. Uh, uh, what? Uh, hold on. No, hold on. Um, so Lower Decks actually has an 83%, which puts it actually fairly far ahead. Um, I think it's because they only have one season so far. Voyager oh, okay. got a 76%. The original Star Trek has an 80. No. Uh, Discovery has an 84. No. Picard has an 87. Eh. Next Generation, 91. Oh, don't you flipping. Now, they're tied at 91. That's a tie. Yeah. That's a tie. But DS9 is number one. No, that's a tie. According according to RottenTomato.com, DS9 is best Star Trek. No. No, 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 no. John, John, you cannot argue with statistics. Uh, No, it's alphabetical. (laughs) They just went alphabetical when it was a tie. No. That's all they did. That's all they did. Okay, okay, okay. Here, here you go. Here you go. Ready? Oh, you're just finding places to fight the... No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to pull up... Because if you click on them, they go season by season. Oh, okay. Okay. So, season one of TNG got an 88%. 
Season 2 was 50%, and I fully agree with both of those. I'd have to... Okay. Riker does have his beard, though. The next, the next five seasons, 100%. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I totally agree with those. Yeah. Let me go back. DS9. Season 1, 81%. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Still lower than TNG. Remember, TNG was 88. Okay. Okay. I, I can't disagree, but it's hard to argue that either. Like... Um, I I think episode one of, of DS9 was so much stronger than episode one yes, Encounter at Farpoint versus, you know, I can get my hands dirty as a Starfleet you, captain. Like you have, you have 88 and they're, they're still riding on the coattail. Well, Gene Roddenberry was still in charge. Right. And you're they're They're still trying to be original. Right. You know, because all of season one is still original Trek. Yeah. Now, the difference here is season two, 100%, 100%, 100%. Season six gets a 57. And then season seven gets 100% again. And so... No, no. See, see, well, I I almost wonder if season six just gets that for the finale of killing Dax. Killing Dax. See, season yeah. seven is actually should be should be the 57. See, season seven, I would say, should be in the 80s, maybe even 70s. Yeah. Season six needs to be 100. There's no reason for it not to, there's except no, for no, killing yeah. Jadzia at the should, end. Yeah, except for killing Jadzia, there's really no downside to that whole season. Right. Because uh, four, five, six, four, five, six are the Dominion War. That yeah, that no, is the I, I, loss and retaking of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, that is and even even three, I believe, is the Klingon War. Yeah, so, Cl- yeah, yeah. Season three is the Klingon the War. It's the introduction yeah. of, of all that stuff. The war, yeah. Um, it, season season three season is also two. when they get the Defiant. They're going through the wormhole a lot more, more than just yeah. like runabouts. Um, no. Yeah. See, here's the problem: with season two at 100. percent that's all still Bajoran issue stuff, and they're still doing character development. Yeah, but you also have Inquisitor Kira. Like, can you argue with that? It's a one episode. It's t- no, you it's mean? a it's a two parter. Oh, whatever. It's but a two parter. But still, like, <laughs> I think the season finale of, of season two was like, who's going to be the Bajoran president? Yeah, and I was like, who cares? Yeah. That's a stupid finale. It, it, there were there was too much political stuff and not war stuff. Yeah, and that that's an unbiased season two. Yeah, but I will uh, season six should be a hundred percent. Season eight should be rated differently. Obviously, Jeff, you put too many bots into Rotten Tomatoes to skew this. I know your gaming server is probably working I'm, around the clock. I'm just these. saying, I got 64 cores of voting prowess. Exactly. So that's the problem. I only got this little like i7 on my laptop working punching numbers in you know not much yep and and that's the problem yep. i need more raspberry pies therein lies it. the issue have, have you seen my desktop background lately by the way yeah yeah like it's yeah, it's great yeah. it's great beautiful ship it's a it's a nice little ship it's a nice little ship little <laughs> and a great place to end it i think that's a great place to end
Anyway, this has been episode 203 of Talking Heads, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time, right here on Craft Computing. Make sure to like this video, hit subscribe if you haven't done so already. Follow John over at Haps and Brews if you like the beer content on this channel and want to see some more. If you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support me on what I do, consider joining the Patreon or Float Plane. Links are both down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there, and it really is the best place outside of YouTube. Not that YouTube is great. <laughs> it's just where I happen to post right now. Uh, John, anything else? Any plugs you got? Any uh, no, good to the order? I mean, yeah. Yeah, just uh, hops and brews everywhere else. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Check it out. If yep. you like beer, the beer content every now and then, uh, I do a little jab on Jeff on Twitter. So follow both of us on Twitter. Follow me at Craft Computing if you want to find out why I hate FedEx so much right now. Although <laughs> they're not the only shipping company I hate. They're just the one I hate right now. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, oh, hey, quick shout out all of our awesome mods on the Discord yes. and on the, the YouTube channel. Those guys are flipping awesome. Yeah. Some, some of the best mods you could ever have. Literally rock stars. Skull, uh, Rev, Claw. Uh, let's see, we got Funk, we got ID Prom. Yeah. Uh, you guys are freaking awesome. You work tirelessly, uh, for, for literally nothing. Like, you actually pay to be my mods, and that's amazing. Yep. Um, I still try to make it worth your while, but end of the end of the day, you're losing money in this endeavor, and I and I love you for it. So, I just want to let you guys know I appreciate you and I recognize you. Anyway, that's all we have for episode 203 of Talking Heads here on Craft Computing. Make sure to tune in next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news and.